I love the activity of sound. Ears have ears with Brooke Olsen. Unexplored territories in sound. Tune to Ears Have Ears Live. My name is Brooke Olson, and we're coming to you live on stage at FBI's performance broadcast space in Alexandria. You may have heard already, but we do have a whole bunch of audience in the room. We've got at least 100 people crammed in here experimental and electronic music lovers. Make some noise, audience. Um, so this is the third in our four-part performance broadcast series in which we ask experimental musicians to perform soundtracks on stage and uh, also discuss their music. And tonight I'm, I'm really, really thrilled and excited to have the legendary electronic Sydney group Severed Heads here. Oh my God! <laughs> in their current configuration, Tom Ellard who is the longest running member and also Stuart Lawler. And since the late 70s, of course, as many listeners in this room and probably you guys listening on the radio would already know, they've been really at the forefront of new music, starting out using tape loops and gadgetry to create cut and paste post-punk and electronica and later shifting into purely electronic territories. They remain innovative and really exciting all the way through of that. And uh, you're going to hear a brand new composition by Severed Heads tonight. It's their first new composition in almost a decade. And um, exactly, very exciting. And uh, it's, you're going to hear a variety of music which was originally recorded onto acetate, so those sort of old 78s that were around before vinyl. Um, and They've been cut out and looped and changed into a 24-channel mix. We're so lucky to have them here. I'm seriously so excited because they did officially play their last, did play their last official show in Australia in 2013. So I'm going to invite now Severed Heads on stage and get, get them ready to play. Heads get ready to play to you know a room full of experimental music folk. 
and fans. Um, I'd like to invite you at home to get join in on the conversation. Get onto Twitter and use the hashtag EHE Live to be part of tonight's event. And you can also text Dell in the studio on 0409 945 945. Check out clips and images at Ears Have Ears FBI's Instagram. And after the performance, there'll be a Q&A between Severed Heads and the Australian music journalist Kate Hennessy. So stay tuned to FBI. Uh, but without hesitation, I'm going to move this mic over here. Severed Heads are going to play live on Ears Have Ears.
Hey!
just turn your back. Never mind, never mind. Just turn your back, please. No peeking. Don't you open those eyes now. I'll just sneak up behind you now, tippy-toe. Here I come now. Ladies and gentlemen, live. <laughs> so you are, of course, listening to a live performance of Severed Heads on FBI's Ears Have Ears. Thank you so much for coming along and listening, and uh, do stay tuned because we're going to have a listen to a Q&A between uh, Tom and Stuart and uh, the amazing music journalist Kate Hennessy really soon. But that was, as you heard, an original composition. It's the first thing that they have composed and performed as an original piece in almost a decade. So we, we feel so overwhelmed and excited to have them do that for FBI and Ears Have Ears and Your Ears. Um, so if you're listening at home, make sure that you check out Instagram for photos. Use the hashtag EHE Live to join the conversation. Um, yes, and find out what's actually happening on stage. So stay tuned, listeners at home. I'm going to get Kate Hennessy to come up and uh, she'll be leading a Q&A. Hi, Kate. Oh, you can, yeah stand awkwardly in this corner. Um, so Kate is a music journalist. I've stolen her mic, which is why. Kate's a music journalist who has written for The Quietus, The Guardian, Messer Noise, and The Sydney Morning Herald, amongst others. She's a current judge of the Australian Music Prize and focuses on contemporary Australian music through her panel appearances. Her Twitter handle is The Smallest Room. And I'd like to welcome her over to the mic and also welcome Tom and Stuart to the other two mics. Let Kate kick off this Q&A. So here we are, talking. Um, okay, so obviously Severed Heads have a really long history. So the way I thought we could kick this off now is to give a brief recent history of Severed Heads, as written by you, Tom, um, who's on stage with me now with his bandmate, Stuart Lawler. Um, okay, so beginning in 2008, dead, over. The band was over. 2010, Sydney Festival. Okay, die now. 2011, Gary Newman says, stay dead. But Belgium again. 2013, Adelaide Festival. Lie down, damn you. 
2014, stay dead. 2015, USA, shoot it in the head. 2016, Poland, which hasn't happened yet. Um, but we can add to that, obviously, just now, the first new material since 2007, performed for you guys here live in Sydney at FBI Radio and also obviously for those listening at home. Anyway, so Tom, after nearly 30 years, wheeling back a little bit, obviously, um, a project that you started in high school in 1979. Instead of high school. Instead of high school. Um, but in 2008, you killed Severed Heads. Yeah, well, I learned a lot from David Bowie. Why now, did people you... Love you... People love you when you're dead. Why did you kill it? Well, you know, no, the, the, the reality is that, you know, you just talk about Prince for a moment here. Oh, I love Prince. Oh, I love Prince, yeah. I just haven't listened to anything he's done in 20 years, but all of a sudden I love Prince, okay? And we were in the situation where no one was really interested, and it was just, um, it was pushing shit uphill. And I just, I just said, I, look, um, I'm sorry, I'm radio. Um, the, the thing was that really it, it wasn't happening. It was really miserable. And I just said, I've had enough of this. And this German guy wanted to put out this box set of records. And that's always a death sentence right there. You know, a German guy <laughs> wants to put out a box set of records. Anyway, so we did that. And, of course, the moment you say we're not happening anymore, then the phone starts ringing. And next thing you know, it's like, you know, a, a young person called Sarah Grieve who came along and said, oh, no, oh, no, just one more. Just one more. It's like drinks. Just one more drink. <laughs> one more band thing. So, so you called it dead because no one was interested. But yeah, then, as soon as you said you were dead, people were it. interested. So oh, that's, I love that band. Okay, so that's why you resuscitated the band. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Okay. And money. Okay, it's all about interest. <laughs> interest is good. Okay. Um, Lots so of it, money. Yeah. Yeah. So a question for both of you, Stuart and Tom. Um, the set we just heard wasn't improvised but not fully rehearsed what's the kind of balance and severed heads as an act over the past 30 years doesn't you don't live improvise right and and it's, it's not jazz well, tell us uh i mean jazz is where people show off their musicianship i think we're the kind of opposite of that you know it's yeah. where we where people lament our musicianship um oh, you know speak for yourself no, no, no. Well, I am. I am. It's me in the middle. You know, it's me. I, look, uh, we, we try ever so hard. We're like the kid at school that really tries hard and you really want them to do well. But they don't. Um, I, I, uh, we, we, well, we, we basically try to play perfectly. But we're not machines, and so we don't play perfectly. And that's, I think, more interesting than, you know, improv, improv, which is basically, look how many notes I can fit into one minute, you know? So it's accidental improvisation. Incompetence. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think there's, a lot, there, I, there's a lot about, a um, lot to say about music. Uh, this is the first gig I've done without a laptop for this century, really. Um, okay. And I think... There's a tension between the pre-recorded get up there, play along to your backing track, and the full free form just completely playing everything out of your head. So, sort of how many times did you rehearse that? Oh, uh, twice. Eight. eight <laughs> twice. <laughs> oh, a few. Well, you know, we went through um, it. We went through it to the point that, that yeah, I, look, I think that'll be all right. 
Okay. You know. So you left a little bit to be decided on oh, the night. Well, it doesn't matter if you'd left it. It's going to be there anyway. I mean, you know. The okay. difference, but, well, it's, it's also sound design. It's live sound design yeah. in a way. It's not... There's musical elements, but it's also you've got to be conscious of where they're fitting in with the other sounds and the loops. And there was absolutely nothing that happened tonight which sounded like it was supposed to sound like when we were rehearsing it. It didn't really sound no, like we were rehearsing No, it didn't it, sound no, anything like... Yeah. And okay. so, therefore, anything you might have learned is just going to be relearned in, on time. You yeah, know, when you which, is, which yeah. is the point. Okay. Um, so, Stuart, you've been playing with Severed Heads or with Tom since about 2010, I think we agreed upon. Um, so you're more of a musician in a more traditional sense. You, you're trained in theory. I piano lessons, yes. He plays bassoon, I plays bassoon. I believe. He's and, used to, yes. and piano. Um, so what I understand is that you went through, when you began playing with Tom, you went through the back catalogue and... Uh, picked out the key kind of songs that you were going to be playing or mm. and notated a lot of those. And I'm going to just read something that you said to me because we have had a prior mm -hmm. conversation about mm -hmm. this. Um, so you said that sometimes when I note it down, I think, what the hell is that note doing there? From a musicological perspective, it doesn't make sense. So I think what we're talking to here is that Who kind is of really freakish, <laughs> that really freakish way that severed head songs are beautiful and melodic. Um, so can well, you tell us about that? What I found that? when I came to it um, is there's a lot that doesn't really fit conventional music theory, which I'm sort of trained in, and there's certain melodies that we played and uh, I could never see it in my head, but you'd listen to the music and as a musician you go, why are those notes there? Um, and I think that comes from Tom sort of having this wonderful way of playing with two fingers. Oh. <laughs> like he types. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, but that's basically But just because yeah. you can okay. play with more fingers no, doesn't make it any better. So, Stuart... No, I'm not making any value judgments. Yeah. So before you... Finger, finger, finger. That's all I ever hear. So before you um, joined Severed Heads, I think mm. we can pretty much safely say you joined... Mm. Um, were you a Clifford? Mm. Oh dear. Were you a Clifford? No. <laughs> no. Oh, well, no. all right. No, 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 not, no. not really. No. Okay. I was, I was he, a fan. You know, okay. No, he washes. Uh. Does everyone here tonight know what a Clifford is, and how many of them do we have here? And if you're a Clifford, can you yell any. something out? No. Where's your drama? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there is one. There's, there's one. one. there's one. We've got a Clifford here. Okay, so Clifford's are kind of a pretty major part of the Severed Heads uh, myth or the Severed Heads mythos, mythos, mythos yeah, whatever mythos, it is. Um, yes. So for those of us who don't know what a Clifford is, because I think it's hilarious, um, what what's a Clifford? All right, okay, so we made a, a record. Okay, back. let's rewind really fast. Um, 1985 or 86, thereabouts, our entire career was over. After all, we'd been there for two years, you know, so it was all done. So the English record label says, well, it's time to make the compilation best of thing. And so I said, okay, so let's go all our shit and stick it together. And we made a double album. And they said, what are you going to call it? And we said, well, we'll call it um, Clifford Darling, Please Don't Live in the Past. Um, you know, because this was a retrospective. It's actually a line out of a, a really bad film where this, this guy, I'm not going to get into that. Anyway, um, and the record label put it out and stuff. And so therefore what a Clifford is is somebody who's always living in the past, right? And so it's really interesting that when we were going to do this night tonight, somebody actually said, well, you know, is Gary Bradbury going to be on stage? And it's kind of like, I work with the guy in 1983, 84. It's 2016, you know, mm. like how long this memory goes on for? Mm. You know? Yeah. But didn't 
Um, the word Clifford, it, so it began as a bit of a derogatory term, as oh, in never. people who were stuck in the past and really nostalgic, but then I think it became like a, a badge of honour. So it became something that people called themselves as a hardcore, long-term Severed Heads fan, right? Irony within irony. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it's but speaking, speaking of those people, okay, so the people that have been into, into you guys forever... Um, I know that you've used your digital releases and Bandcamp and so forth to kind of re-release old material but tweak it and change it and add things. And um, so why do you do that, Tom? Because that music came out 20 years ago. Why change it now? Okay, well, you know, you've got to put yourself 20 years ago and you've got a record label and the record label says, oh, by the way, we want the album you're working on like two months ago. And so you basically just push it together, get it finished, to get out the door and then you live in regret. You lie there in bed going, why? Why? And there are records that I have put out which were really, I think, really substandard just because the deadline. And, you know, when you come back to it, you say, it's like I'm going to be a guru here for a moment. Deadlines... Only in the mind. You know, if you've got the chance to do it, then do it right. And, and these are records that sound now like they're supposed to sound like. Um, and also, you know, terrible, terrible reproduction sometimes. You know, you want to mm. go back and fix that. But that's difficult for Clifford's and it's difficult for fans because, you know, you attach a certain nostalgia to the way a record sounds and maybe people had a cassette when they were 17 and they loved that song and they listened to it all the time and then and then they lose the cassette or someone steals it at a party and then you, and then they to do? get them a new cassette <laughs> yeah maybe but but what i'm saying is you there is some pushback you know because you re-release yeah, things and they've changed that's an interesting um, thing we were talking on the phone the other day about the classical yeah. music thing i think with classical music everyone accepts that here's your work and different people are going to interpret it in different ways and you can have four different versions of it and get different things out of it. But in pop music, it's sort of, we've got this thing where the, record, the recording of that record released in that thing is that unique mm. thing and people get very attached to that. And they I get very attached. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's authenticity. You know, authenticity is cancer, you know. Yeah, it's and like, all, it's, all of a sudden you're Authenticity not allowed, is you're what not, ruins But you're not allowed music. to go back and play with that and then reinterpret yourself. Or, yeah, well, it's a bit late for that, isn't it? No, but, no the, the, the whole thing is like um, people feel they own, you know, they met somebody at a school dance and they played that record and now they're going to ring you up from, you know, America and go, you changed that record. My wife and I are very upset with you. Like, but you don't care. I care, but like, what am I going to do? Road yeah. fly over and like. But it is quite you know, usual to to you know re-release things, but slightly changed, and you know with the bits of technology maybe you didn't yeah. have before. No, we're reissuing the albums now on yeah. vinyl. Okay. For all those people who hate music, um, <laughs> we're, we're we're reissuing everything on vinyl, and they are really serious, like muse, museum. You know, mm. uh, they're made to be like the originals. We work mm. really hard on it. Okay. But you know, there's some things which are just could be better. Yeah, they could be better. That, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we get attached to how something sounds, but yeah. it doesn't matter. Okay, so just to change the kind of, just to change the um, direction a little bit. So, Tom, you've worked in academia for quite some time. Um, Unfortunately, yes. Okay, so now you're also you've also said, um, and this is a, a quote, um, that you disagree that every creative act needs to be turned into an academic act. So, what do you mean by that? All right. I mean, that's that's how many hours have we got? Um, 
there are people who think that art is like a butterfly and if only they could catch that butterfly and pin it to a board, um, then they've captured art, right? And, and, you know, I just hate this scientism, this sort of experimental thing. I'm making experimental music. Oh, let's get a beaker. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I just think we're just making music. Um, it's like this gig. This gig came about because there was a friend of ours who has a record lathe in America. And he's just got this lathe and it can cut records that are 20 minutes long. And he goes, let's fuck with people's minds. Oh, I did it on radio again. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> let's, let's make these records, these, these acetate records. And then I get a phone call from here saying, hey, we've got a radio show. It's going to be 20 minutes long. And I go, you know, acetate's in, radio show, acetate's out. That's, that's kind of like magic uh, BS kind of, uh, you know, academia has nothing to say about that. It would like to work out, you know, maybe a metric for measuring the amount of BS in, in the project or something. But, but no, I, 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 have, I have moved on from academia. Uh, I, I'm not doing it anymore. Okay. So um, I think, though, that you did have a, a theory about Beyonce and McBody Boatface. Yeah, I might have. Can you, can you enlighten us? No, I don't think I can, actually. <laughs> Okay, so you've you've also you've kind of talked about so you worked in the university system and yes, um, you've said that you feel like there's too many universities and too much to dissect and everything. Oh boy, am I in trouble? Yeah. Everything's a well, everything's a fair game, but you've obviously there's um, was there a particular kind of um, moment where someone wrote something about your music and you were like, that's complete academic extrapolation that has no, nothing to do with the creation. What was it that I, I was writing my PhD paper and I worked, I, I actually had sat down and really carefully thought about art and art and its content. And it's a really long thing. But I came down to this point, well, you know, let's have a look at it. You know, in the old days you had God. And then if you were Kandinsky, you had spiritualism. And if you were in the kind of like early video synthesis time, you had this idea of the the creative uh, platform, the, the operant system. And what did I have? For, for my artwork, and it was like, you know, academia, you know, like, oh, is this a good piece of research? And I'm thinking, I've gone from spiritualism to research. It's like, you know, getting a, a you know, a really dud prize out of the bubble machine. It's just, it's just <laughs> nah, nah, this is not what I, I, I don't think this is right. I think this is, and I think if, you, if you're going to criticise something, then you shouldn't be doing it at the same time. Mm? Good idea, I think. Yeah, yeah. well... <laughs> It's a great idea. Okay, so just kind of changing tack a little bit. Um, I'm going to... You won't win. <laughs> um, so you've written, and the really fantastic thing about the, the releases of Severed Heads material on Bandcamp, and I love Bandcamp for this, is that the artists themselves and Tom, you've been able to kind of talk about the releases directly to fans, um, and it's really great reading, so I'd encourage you to read all of those, even if you don't buy them. Um, but you said on the Bandcamp page for the album called 80s Cheesecake, um, these recordings weren't organised as a coherent release. Instead, I made cassettes that were reports on how I was progressing. Mm. And then you say it was disappointing to see these cassettes became expensive rarities. Yeah. So I guess my question for you is... Why was that disappointing? Well, I, I, it's like every time um, a, a German label puts out a box set for like 100 euros of stuff you were doing because you were wagging high school. 
there's something really bad going on there. You take it, it's back to the butterfly thing. But, you know, when somebody sells... I mean, our first album I saw on sale for like two and a half thousand bucks and I thought, I wouldn't pay that. <laughs> you know, there's something... There's, it's not musical. It's, it's collecting. It's not music. It's, it's got nothing to do with creativity. It's about acquisition and acquisition is mm. not the same as creativity. That's really it, you know. Mm. Okay. Um, I think we've got time for one last question. Um... I suppose I want to hear from you a little bit about um, back in the day, did you feel then that you were an Australian band or more specifically a, a Sydney band? Obviously, we're here in Sydney tonight. Did you ever kind of feel part of a, of a scene then? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, the inner city sound was what it got called at the time. And, and inner city sound was because you'd all escaped from all the shitholes. Oh, I did it again. Uh, around, around the suburbs of Sydney. And you all arrived in Surrey Hills and you're all dags and, you know, hopeless and shit like that. And, and you know, you, it, was, it was all do a community friendship, uh, going around to each other's lounge rooms to do gigs, you know, playing live singers. It was, yeah, it was definitely a community thing. Um, and I think it was a kind of Australian thing. I just don't remember people in London or Berlin having a kind of like, uh, you know, inner city sound in the same way. But I might, I might be wrong because I was in Sydney. So, but yeah, it is local. I want to sneak one more quick one in. Um, do you do you consider yourself an iconic band? And do you like that? Do you like being iconic, or do you hate it? What? Because <laughs> you seem to have a bit of a. I, I a feel bit like a Russian Orthodox priest. But do you? <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, death to death. Uh, yeah. No, no, I don't think so. I, I just, I'm just, uh, I am, um, what's that, Kurt Vonnegut, um, I am a victim of a series of accidents, uh, as are we all. I think that's better. Let's go with that. Thanks. <laughs> Massive thanks to Kate Hennessy, Stuart and Tom for that really fantastic and bloody hilarious Q&A. Um, I have to say that actually Severed Heads were the first band that I ever played on FBI radio when I was a nervous guest um, on the other side of the microphone being interviewed about some weird music stuff I was doing at the time. I came in and w uh, was a guest on FBI's local uh, Sydney music show which is called The Bridge and I snuck in a couple of tracks by Severed Heads to kick off the show, kind of looking back at the weird music that I wanted to play, which is now sort of looking forward as well with uh, that composition that we heard. Okay, well, that pretty much includes the Ears Have Ears live broadcast. Thank you so much for listening at home and also a massive thank you to our audience for coming along. Give yourselves a round of applause. Huge thanks to Severed Heads, Tom Ellard and Stuart Lawler and Kate Hennessy, FBI Radio, our crew and volunteers, the Community Broadcasting Foundation, Scarlett DeMaio, the executive producer, Sam Ecott, the digital producer. Um, the event was photographed and filmed. So keep an eye on the FBI Radio and FBI social channels for the footage. And final announcement, we have one last Ears Have Ears Live to go. That is on the last Thursday in June and we'll be announcing the lineup early next week. So make sure you follow us on social media and also stay tuned to FBI Radio 94.5 FM. 
Going to head back into the studio for the second hour if you're listening at home. Coming up, we have an exclusive audio on installation contribution from the 20th Biennale of Sydney and lots of great new experimental and other music in between all of that, whatever experimental means. Uh, first up, though, we're going to have a listen to something by a Swedish duo, which are called Skepit. This is their track, Coast Rider. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. 